Hey everybody, Mark Herman, aka LA Bengals fan on most of the major platforms, and I'm joined here by Jake Circus of the Jake Circus Podcast, and this is the Divisional Round Preview Show. Who day? Yeah, there we go. All right, so we keep doing shows because the Bengals keep winning. What is that? Uh, nine in a row now. So nine in a row, which is the officially the longest winning streak in franchise history, including playoffs. So nine in a row for uh, for the boys and stripes. Yeah, and I keep I say this on the recaps, but I I have like fifty jerseys, but I wore my Delta O'Neill jersey to channel the the Bengals back in when we beat when we played Cleveland. Um, uh, after Cleveland, I did it for the Carolina game, and they they won, and I kept wearing the same jersey. And then they we got to three, four, five. I haven't worn another jersey since, so I'm doing my karma part. By, by wearing the Delta O'Neill each and every week, which is Von Bell's number. It's a Delta O'Neill jersey, though. So, um, But I'm not switching jerseys because I, I want to ride that one. I'll bring that to the Super Bowl with me. And I, you'll sit there and say, God, all the expensive on-field jerseys you have, and you bring this this replica heat transfer from from 20 years ago? Yeah, if that's, if that's the mojo Who, we need, I'm willing to this? do that for this team. Who's this so, old guy in a 30-year-old jersey is oh, what a bunch yeah. of the kids are saying. So well, I wore Corey Dillon to the Super Bowl last year. I have a real Corey Dillon jersey, my most expensive jersey. But it didn't bring us the win, so I would not be bringing that one this year. So, um, all right, we'll do what we usually do. We're going to preview. We're going to cover some of the news, the injuries. We'll do what we're feeling, not feeling good about, things we're feeling good about. I've also done a little section because we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We're all anybody could win these games. So I've got like a little wild card because there's there's some wild card factors that are going to play in on who's going to win. And then we'll do our predictions. But before we get started, you weren't part of the recap. So um, go ahead and tell us what your thoughts were on the uh, on Sam Hubbard and his amazing run into the record books. Yeah, I, I, I mean, right after the game, there's that sense of relief where, where you just you're just. We won one and oh, that's all that matters because you know, we talked about it last week. You're not impressing a committee. There's no committee to to really look good for at this point in the year. You're not trying to impress anybody, you're just trying to advance week after week, and that's what the Bengals did, right? Yeah. Uh it, it, it was ugly. I, I figured it'd be ugly. You know, our conversation last week was, well, you know, if the Bengals turn it over, if they make a silly mistake, this is gonna be a tie game in the fourth quarter, and we're gonna be like, How the fuck did we get there? And that's exactly what happened. Pretty much to, to a T it was like how is this game close you know a couple of small high variance things really didn't go their way and then oh Ravens lead at halftime and oh the Ravens are at the one yard line going for a full touchdown lead and here comes Logan Wilson or here comes Tyler Huntley trying to dunk on Logan Wilson from two yards out right which was idiotic you know I, I've always said this that I I hate when quarterbacks try to go over the top I don't think it really ever it, it's it you know i can't say it never works because trevor lawrence did it 24 hours before huntley tried to do it and right. it worked for him but lawrence is six foot five and 230 and tyler huntley is six foot nothing and you know under 200 pounds um but it normally doesn't work and you really shouldn't ever try to go over the top and you know that's not going to happen every time but it happened and hubbard yeah. uh well, certainly I, certainly made, made the best of it trevor lawrence was from the one um after joey bosa they trevor moved. lawrence that was from like the half inch line oh right. no sorry it, it was from the one because 
it was a penalty before. Yeah. So it was from the the one and the play was designed for him to go low. He decided on his own to go high. So all the offensive Huntley or Lawrence Lawrence. So he decided to go low, to go high. The play was designed low and the whole defense went low. So that's why you saw him and he's also a lot taller, but he just sticks that bear paw out with the ball and he's already over the line. Huntley even extending was still a yard short. So it was a bad call by Huntley. I'm sure he was influenced though, by seeing that the night before. And well, I'm I'll go one better. I, I I think there's no way John Harbaugh told him to go over the top. I don't think there's there is no no universe where John Harbaugh would tell his six foot nothing quarterback to go over the top. Right. Um, that's just incredibly dumb. And but you know Harbaugh's red zone play calling has been pretty bad this year. They've been a bad red zone team, even with Lamar. Um, and it, they, they, they've made a lot of weird mistakes and Harbaugh's kind of gotten a lot of blame for it. I don't think Harbaugh should get most of the blame for that game. But, you know, there's some discussions to have about him and he hasn't really won anything in like 10 years other than the I think he won coach of the year in 2019 when they were like so easily the best team in the conference and then lost their first playoff game. So yeah. there's different conversations to have about John Harbaugh. But I, I think the Ravens just they kind of outplayed us. I mean, they they really did. I, I, I think the Bengals, the Bengals snuck out with one, but. That's how it goes in those in those you know situations. You you lose two linemen after already losing one, and you know losing Kappa is huge. Then you lose your left tackle. You know we can say a lot about Jonah and how maybe he's not that good anymore, or never really was that good. But he's your starting left tackle who's played right. you know 400, 500 snaps this year, and that's really hard to replace, especially with who they have behind him. Yeah, well, let's just let's jump right in there on the on the bad because that's one of my things is obviously our O-line injuries. I mean, obviously Collins has been gone for, for a few weeks now. And then we also have, you know, obviously no Kappa. He didn't practice. And now uh, no jo- Jonah hasn't practiced the last two days. Those are the, the three guys and, and Trey Flowers hasn't practiced either. We didn't have him last week. So I don't know if we're going to have him this week, but clearly no Kappa. I was hoping to have Kappa back this week. They're both listed. They're both day to day. But that doesn't mean we're going to have them. I have a, one person on Twitter said that that cap has already been ruled out, but I haven't read anything official. That's just what I saw on Twitter. So I don't know. I mean, I'd love to have cap. Yeah, there, but I mean, not he's looking like not. he's going to play. No, he's he's not going to play. I mean, it's wishful thinking to think that he'll be back if they advance next week. To, but, you know, I don't, we don't need to talk about that. We're on a Buffalo and unfortunately, Alex Kappa most likely will not be with us. Yeah, so well, that's it. So I mean, that's one of my biggest concerns is uh is the fact that we have you know we're missing three starting offensive linemen. So you know that's uh, Joe Burrow's not going to have as much time now. On the flip side, we are facing we face the hardest defense we were going to face. I think in the Ravens, they know how to play us. They're tough. I think the next toughest defense would be the Niners, and if we see them, it'll be the Super Bowl. So. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, I the, the while the Bills have a good defense on paper, they're not the Ravens' defense. So I know they're. I think they're top five against the run, but I think a lot of that has to do with earlier in the year. Um, and I know they're middle middle of the road on pass protection, especially with no Micah Hyde and now no Demar. So, so I mean, I mean th- this is this is how it is. It's just, I mean. We don't need to make these narratives about about what it is and what it's not. This defense was top five with Von Miller. 
that's just who they were. They were an elite defense with Von Miller. They are not that without Von Miller and certainly with without Micah Hyde, but they've been playing without Micah Hyde for the whole year. Since Von Miller went out, I don't have the exact numbers next to me, but their uh, efficiency against passes has dropped. Of course, their efficiency against the run has dropped. I mean, this is a guy who was in contention, who, who would have been in contention for the defensive player of the year where he played 11 games. Right. He still leads the team in pressures and he's played four less games than any other pass pressure on the team that qualifies for that for that mark. Next is, is Russo and third is Tremaine Edmonds, who isn't even or sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Von Miller still won in pressures. Russo is second Ed Oliver is third and Daquan Jones is fourth. So those other three guys are still very good. And the matchup to look at is the interior pressure because Oliver and Daquan Jones, I think, are the two best right. interior pass rushing uh, tandem in the league. That's still going to be there. Um, but we still, we have our center. You know, we have Olsen. So we're not completely outmatched uh, in the on the interior. But on the outside, you know, with Jackson Carmen, I think, is going to play left tackle. Um, and then Adenogy looks to be the, the right tackle, most likely. That's when we're going to get Rousseau. We're going to get Epinesa. You know, they're going to bring Matt Milano. They're going to bring uh, Shaq Lawson on the edge a couple times, too. So they go pretty deep. But I would rather face a team that's really deep without a star than facing Von Miller. And we saw what Aaron Donald did. And we saw what Miles Garrett does every year to us. We see, we see what TJ Watt does to us every year. Right. It's kind of why the Bengals have had a little bit of more success, I think, in the past two years against Baltimore is because they haven't had a star pass rusher. And the times where we do start to struggle against Baltimore is when, oh, here comes uh, Odafe Owe. And, you know, he's really living up to, the, to his first round tag. And um, that the, that stretch where they were, Calais Campbell was like an all pro. That right. was when Baltimore really got to us. But, you know, like you said, I think Baltimore is the best defense in the league with full strength with Roquan Smith. Since they got Roquan Smith, they've been the second best defense in the league yeah. in terms of EPA per play. That was with Marcus Peters missing time. That was with Marcus Williams missing time. That was with a hobbled Marlon Humphrey, who I think is an all pro this year. Right there. That's the best defense that the Bengals will face all year. They faced them three times. And then in the last time they played third time they played, it was when the Ravens were better than they had been all year. And yeah. they won the game. Yeah. So um, the only other thing I have on the bad is the, obviously I'm concerned about their offense against our defense. I mean, our defenses look good and has come through with plays, but they've also, they gave up that huge run to Huntley last week. I mean, they do have mental lapses and breakdowns. Also the, the touchdown where I think it was Eli Apple bit and, and you just had uh, you know, a wide open receiver to just walk in. I was, I, you know, we work so hard on stopping and then you have one mental lapse and you give up the touchdown. Um, so that concerns me because with digs and, and the different receivers they have, um, you know, they can put up some points and Josh Allen is mobile. Um, but uh, you know, that's just on the bad. I have other things to say about those same players on the good, but that's what I have on the, on the, what I'm not feeling good about. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. So Isaiah McKenzie, um, Looks like he's going to be good to go. I don't think he was in the injury report, was he? Uh, Isaiah McKenzie. Because he, he didn't play against report, but he's But he's full practice Tuesday and Wednesday. Or Wednesday, so he's going to be back. Yeah. Okay, so 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 they're going to have all their weapons back because I know they had the um, the rookie Khalil Shakir from Boise State play a pretty big role in the postseason uh, against Miami on Sunday. 
But this is a team that heavily relies on Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis is was did not have as good of a year as everyone thought he would be when he was kind of the superhero in the divisional game last year against KC when he scored like a billion touchdowns in right. two minutes uh, during that part of the game. But Gabe Davis is a solid number two. Um, but in terms of weapons, it's Josh Allen playing hero ball. And it's Stephon Diggs, who had 1,600 yards this year, 11 touchdowns um, towards top of the league in yards per catch, catch percentage, everything. He's a freak. And the Bengals defense, they, they've at times, they've looked like a team who is missing their number one corner. So the, the Bills looked like the same thing when Trey White was out for 18 games. Right. Um, if maybe he was, he was out a little less. But the Bengals have looked like they've missed Ouzier for a while now. Their outside corners are Eli Apple and a rookie, and they still made plays, and they've still, you know, um, forced turnovers, and they've still been really, really good in the second half. But this is a huge challenge for them. They only had one drive against Buffalo, and Joe Burrow was on. Um, I don't. I think this was his presser yesterday. He was like, you know, you can't really take a whole lot out of the three drives, or even not even three drives, two and a half drives from the Monday night game three weeks ago. And I, I kind of agree with him. Now it happened, and we all saw Trey White unable to guard Jamar Chase, forcing him to commit two penalties. We already saw Joe Burrow having time in the pocket, getting to multiple reads. Tyler Boyd first touchdown. We saw the Bengals defense force a red zone field goal. We saw that happen. Now, granted, that was with Cincinnati, that was in Cincinnati, sellout crowd, biggest crowd ever. Blah 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 blah. With um, Kappa, but it happened. With, right with Kappa, but um. This is a Bengals team that just has got it done all year right. through adversity, missing DJ Reader, still missing Awuzie. Now down to their three linemen. They went on this run with a way a worse offensive line than what they have now because they did not have Ted Karras, and their left guard was not as good as Cordovos Rolson because uh, Quentin Spain wasn't good last year at all. That's he was like probably our best lineman. And he was terrible. Right. That's how bad the Bengals well, offensive that, line was last year. That's something about our line last you know? year. Um, and 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 like Joe Burrow said, these guys have played a lot of football. Now maybe that's just quarterback speak and defending his guys, but they have played a lot of football. Uh, Brian Callahan said today that Jackson Carmen's grown up. That's something that as fans and as people who are who watch all the games, we want to see. We don't want to just see. Yeah, he's been working hard. He, you know, he's 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 repping with the ones now. A offensive coordinator who, by the way, is now getting looks at head coach Brian Callahan saying that a player that, yes, they know they probably shouldn't have drafted. But guess what? He's grown up. Right. That's something that, that that is that is certainly good to hear. Well, that actually transitions really well to my good, because one of the things I wanted to say was Carmen was surprisingly effective when he came in last week. I mean, I didn't expect a lot. Um, but he actually made some plays. There's footage on Twitter. You can look at Zim Master put up some ISO plays on Carmen's blocking, but he actually had his moments. I 100% agree with Callahan in terms of that Jackson Carmen looks like he's taking strides, being kicked to the you know backup role. Um, he looks like he's made he, he stepped up a little bit, and Adenaje's been playing better than he did last year. And he got a full, this is a guy who's got all the postseason. He was he was part of our line last year. So um, I think with the right scheming, Joe Burrow getting rid of the ball, not holding it too long. Um, we don't have the Queen and, uh, and um, 
Roquan Smith to deal with this week in the Raven defense. So, I mean, I feel pretty good about that. I also feel good about their, their, like I said, their, uh, they're missing guys in their secondary. So, and I think when we saw, uh, you know, on the Monday night game, the abbreviated Monday night game, they were, they were effective. And then my last thing is the, is the chip on the shoulder of this team and on Joe Burrow for the disrespect in the NFL. I think they're going to use that to their advantage. Obviously, we talked ad nauseum about it. This game should be on a neutral field. Uh, if the, the game had been played, this would be in Cincinnati. We could have just as easily been the two. That was completely dismissed by the owners and the league, which is full disrespect. And this team knows it. They feel it. That this there was a that we should have had an opportunity to have this game on a neutral field as well. And we weren't given the same respect that the Bills were given against Kansas City. So I think that that works. You put a you put a chip on a, a bigger chip on Burrow's shoulder. I think that works to our advantage. So those are things I'm feeling good about. Yeah, you talked about um Carmen. Jackson Carmen played 28 snap pass block or yeah, eight, 28 snaps um 20 of them were pass blocking snaps he only allowed one pressure he allowed six pressures in the postseason last year out of 21 pass blocking snaps that's like i mean that's not that's not that's like a you could bring a college guard and he would do better than that in the postseason at the nfl level i mean that was last year he was uh, he got benched i mean he was so bad in the postseason yeah. last year he got benched uh so that's good um, I think Adenji is is solid enough at right tackle. I mean, both those guys, their PFF grades in the postseason last year were 19.9 and 4.2. So far this year, uh, um, Carmen got a 50 for Sunday, and then Adenji got a 30. So not great. You know, Adenji played 60 snaps most on the team, right. um, and he got kind of beat up a little bit on the outside. But you know, first uh, first playoff start. Or no, actually not. He started in the postseason last year. Well, of course, this he year. I mean, he, yeah. he started in the Super Bowl. You know this. But I, like at, at this point, there's we're 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 leaving the the time where there's excuses for these guys because Denigy has been on the team for three years, and you know Jackson Carmen was the starter last year and got benched. I mean, it's time to you know make make or break it's really make or break for these guys and this is a huge opportunity for them as zach taylor said countless times this week it's a big opportunity for both these guys for for sharping who you know when he signed or when he was claimed i, I got the sense that they really really liked him he hadn't played since 2019 when he was with houston right i kind of got this sense that they liked him and if he were needed to step up that he would be able to and so far so good so far decent I mean, he got beat up a couple of times but other than the highlight plays you know being put on a poster a couple of times and being pancaked he held his own that's really all we're asking for these guys is to hold their own i mean they're not going to scheme out plays based on the offensive line winning consistently um they're not able to do that but you know to keep to keep burrow somewhat protected is probably all we can ask from them at this point yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's a concern, but then uh, Carmen had like two holding penalties on him last week, and one of them was a phantom call. I mean, you think about how much holding went on every play by the offensive line of Baltimore that wasn't called. They called Zeitler late in the game on one call. He basically had his arms around guys the entire game. 
It was just ignored. Um, and then to call Carmen, one of them was a was a ticky tack hold, and the other one was a phantom hold. Because I've gone and looked at that play three times, and I still don't know how they threw a flag on Carmen. So, um, but overall, like I said, you said it's great. It was what fifty? So, you know, that's that's a that's a marked improvement. Um, the, there's wild card elements to this that that this is what's going to decide the game. I mean, obviously the emotion of DeMar, um, the NFL, I get the distinct feeling the NFL wants us to lose this game. I mean, they want the chiefs and bills in the, in the AFC championship. I think they really want, you know, one of those teams in the Super Bowl and not us. So hopefully we can use that in our, in our, uh, in our, uh, uh, as a chip on our shoulder, like I said, and in our favor, um, weather could be an issue this game. There could be wind. It's going to be, we know it's going to be cold. It'd be cold in Cincinnati too, but, but weather is going to be an issue possibility for snow. Although you said it was only like an inch, but weather could be a factor and then penalties and turnovers, which team beats themselves. We can't control the, we can't control the penalties. You know, if the league has a conspiracy and they throw flags, there's no, certainly they didn't, the, the penalties weren't our friends in the last game. I mean, they, uh, like I said, there was countless holding penalties that weren't called. And then we got two ticky tack, a ticky tack and a phantom penalty. So I can't control the refs. This could be one of those games where we're playing the bills and the guys in the white stripes and we have to overcome it. That's all you can do. So I don't know about that. Um, but like, I, I, I will say, yes, the NFL wants us to lose this game. Of course they do. Um, why, why else would they already be selling tickets for a neutral site AFC championship game? Of course the NFL wants us to lose this game. Um, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily going to. And I, I want to show this optimism, uh, even though I'm kind of scared myself. But I, I do feel excited and optimistic about this game because I really am trying not to think about the game that we saw three weeks ago because I, I think that the media is going to talk about it way too much over the next three days. And they probably already have. And, you know, they're going to, you know, Damar Hamlin is basically going to get free advertising for the like for, for this game. And, you know, I, I hope he, he's, he's able to show up. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool pregame moment. Um, but I, I feel like as a collective society, we might need to move on a little bit from this scenario because it is kind of disturbing and he is okay, but life does go on. And I think the, the situation is three weeks old and life goes on and we need to move on. But um, that's beside the point. Yes, the NFL wants us to lose this game. But for Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen's going to commit some turnovers. He's committed yeah. three turnovers in, in three straight games, and the Bengals have to take advantage of it. Like if they, you know, because, you know, I, I look back to the Super Bowl and that Jesse Bates interception changed. That was like the first roar that the crowd had at the bar I was watching. That was like, I, I know, you know, they sacked Stafford on the first drive and that was a big roar. But then they went down the next drive and scored and then they went up 10 nothing. Um, and it was like, like what's going on here? And then Jesse Bates got that pick when it was 10, three and then Fernand Hargraves came on crutches and backed us up. And then they went three and out and it kind of ruined the whole thing. So if they get this, these big time turnovers that get themselves back in the game, they need to take advantage. And they've done a good job of that this year, taking advantage of turnovers. Um, they, uh, they didn't do it against Baltimore. I don't think, I, I don't think, yeah, I know they, they didn't, um, did they? Yeah, we had they the score one interception after... early. Did they score a touchdown after that? Um, I can't remember, but I know we scored. We had two scores early and we're up. So okay, they did. They did. And we missed they, the PAT. We were only up nine. Yeah, they yeah, they went up nine nothing. Okay. So so they did. No, they they they've done a very good job all year of 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 capitalizing off turnovers. And this Bills defense, if they get backed up, 
they're, they're going to give up points. It's, you know, Jesse Bates said it really, really interesting. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm excited to go back to, to playing real football, you know, not just this AFC physical or like a different brand of football. And that's what, right. this, you know, they're going to be able to do against a Bills team that doesn't have much protection in the back end of the secondary like Baltimore does. They're not able to simulate tons of pressure because they don't have that that insurance on the back end of their defense with three all pros and three guys making $15 million a year. Um, you know, the bills are on a, a, a third, fourth string safety behind Jordan Poyer, who's also played hurt this year at times. Right. They're really, and, and Trey Davis White does not look like himself and their corner two is also a rookie. They are, this is not, I, I don't, I don't think this is an elite defense. Some metrics kind of point them to being towards an elite defense because they were no. that good without Von Miller. But since then, not really, um, their pressure rate is pretty low. And I see them as a middle of the road pressure. defense. I see this. This, this, is, this is, you know, and my take, my my preview for the the Ravens game was this is a different type of team. The Ravens are able to take away what the Bengals do best, and they're the only team in the AFC that can do that. No one else can. That's in the playoff field anymore. Buffalo right. can't, and Kansas City can't. They cannot take away what the Bengals like to do best. Right, I agree, and and yeah. that's that's where the Bengals can win this game is they can do what they do best, and if they rely on that and they're successful in that, it's going to be tough for Buffalo to keep up, yeah, especially if tough. Josh Allen's turning over the ball. And, and I do see, I see this defense more as a middle of the road defense. I don't think we're going to have huge success running the ball just because of our missing three offensive linemen, but uh, I do think we're going to be effective passing provided Burrow gets at. We give Burrow just enough time to get rid of the ball and maybe we could stretch the field, but uh, that's where this game is going to be won. Um, so let's jump in. Give me your prediction on the game. So I don't really get the line. Well, I do get it. I, I, uh, I don't know if it's hit six yet at some places. I know I saw a couple sixes creeping five, I up. I saw five and a half was when but I But it's pretty I, much, it's pretty much five and a half. Look, the bills were favored by one in Cincinnati. Um, most power ratings have it as Bills minus two and a half at a neutral site, which means the line is probably right at five and a half points, especially with bad weather. So it makes sense. But I tweeted this. Um, let me find it so I can get the exact number. But the Bengals are with Joe Burrow. Um, and I found this yesterday. They are 11 and two uh, against the spread as an underdog of um three or more of more than three points 11 and okay. two they've covered six consecutive times in this spot dating back to the ravens game in october of last year but granted they have not been in this spot since the super bowl which they covered the four and a half didn't win but they covered um they are five and seven straight up as an underdog of more than three with joe burrow and that's right. really good five and seven as an underdog uh, more than three is pretty spectacular. So they love this underdog or the, they hate the underdog, but they love being in this spot. Yeah. If that makes sense. They love being in this spot because they hate it. Right. Well, that Burroughs comment this earlier this week was, you know, we don't feel like an underdog. We never feel like an underdog going into games, but I do think that they take it as a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to add the NFL disrespect um, on their, uh, on their shoulder as a chip. Um, if there's weather, Lots of weather. Did you give us a score or you didn't give us a score? Oh, my prediction. Duh, my prediction. Um, I <laughs> I told my dad that I was going to pick against us in every playoff game. And um, I did. I actually I took the Ravens. 
thankfully they, I was wrong. Good. But um, wait, no, I, I, no, I picked the Bengals on this you show. You picked yeah, the Bengals week, on this I? show. You may have. Yeah. Okay. Them. I'm. I don't know, but you didn't. Uh... I don't think I've ever picked against the Bengals on this show. It's only because I we were talking before the the recording that I've we I, I've only been on the show for one loss. That was the the Monday night game against Cleveland. Right. Uh, and I think I picked the Bengals in that game really really close. But um, I I think we're better than them, man. Like I really do, and this is not a team that is scared to go on the road. This is a team that loves to go on the road that, that, you know, as long as the communication is okay, which I think it will be because it was fine when they went to Kansas city. Um, it was fine when they went to Dallas, they just played bad that game. 24, 20 Bengals. 24, 20. Well, I've got, I've got two scores, whether or not weather, um, I'm looking at what Miami was able to do last week. So I think Miami can put up those kind of points on them. We're a much better offense than Miami. Um, so I've got us uh, 27, 24, or 27, 23, if there's not a weather issue. And then I've got us as 2016, if there is a weather issue. But I got us winning both games. I think this team can go in there and do this. As long as we don't beat ourselves turnovers penalties we have to avoid those but as long as we don't beat ourselves there's no reason why we can't beat this team none someone will step up and it's the little things think about Bates chasing down Huntley last week and making the tackle forcing sure. it you know and then Pratt was in there also pushing back when Logan Wilson stripped him you know it was every guy stepping up on certain plays they played big in moments the moments that mattered and I think I think that they feel disrespected. And I think that the tickets going on sale this week in, in Atlanta, I think fuels that. Um, they won't say a lot about it, but they know that this game should be on a neutral field and it's not. So they're going to go in with attitude. Uh, I absolutely think that. And um, and that's what I'm hoping for, that we're doing a championship preview next week. So, Yes, sir. And let me say one last thing, because on Twitter, with the whole neutral site argument, I, I think it's been kind of fragile um, because, yes, it's very obvious the Bengals and Bills played the same amount of games and the Chiefs and the Bills did not. And that's that was the NFL's main reasoning for giving the Chiefs Bills a neutral site and not us versus and not the Bills and us is because we played the same amount of games. But let me ask you this question. There, well, not a, it's, not, it's not a question. There's a reason why they make the first place teams play each other every single year. It's because those games normally have pretty big significance to the year end standings. Oh, you know, Monday night game, sold out crowd, huge environment. Oh, and yeah, if you win this game, you're the two seed. No big deal, right? If the Bills win this game, yeah, they're the one seed. No big deal, right? It's like this game actually mattered a lot and you just took it away. I don't give a fuck if both teams played nine games. Right, like th th that game mattered. That game was, you know, um, I forget what, what website, but there was they did they ranked these the games remaining in the season. This was in like week fifteen, so right. about a to two weeks before the Bengals Bills game, and they ranked which games mattered most for the most important seeds. The Bengals Bills was number one. Of course, it was the most important game, probably in the entire season. Right. And, they, and, they, and, it didn't, and it didn't happen. So like, that's why the Bengals got fucked. And that's why we're just looking at how many games each team played. Like I get in reality, all games are created equal at the start of the year. But once you get in the year and shit happens and you play for a long time with a guy that's injured, he comes back and, you know, games matter more than others 
when you're in the season, when you're in the middle of the season. Hey, if you're doing the neutral field because the Bills didn't have an opportunity to maintain home field, you have to be doing a neutral field for this game because if we had won that Monday night game, this game would be at Cincinnati. So we had an opportunity to get it. It wasn't given to us, and I don't care that they played the same number of games. Um, the NFL was not consistent in the way they they rewarded the Bills and made sure that they weren't hurt, but they did not do the same consideration for us. This team knows it. They go in with attitude. So um, I was totally remiss in in not letting you plug your because uh, I was so excited about getting into this game. Um, uh, go ahead and plug your website, uh, your uh, podcast, please, because you do a couple podcasts, one on gambling, and you definitely need to be following Jake and you need to be listening to his podcast. Go give them where they can find your stuff. Yeah, Jake Circus podcast on Spotify and YouTube. Mostly on, all episodes are on Spotify. I try to get a couple of them on YouTube, but um, most of the listeners are on Spotify. Did a great pod that came out yesterday recapping wild card, ton of storylines with a good buddy of mine. So definitely check that out. Probably the maybe the best one we've done all year. I don't know, but pretty, pretty good one. Um, and then, yeah, well, the next one will be probably Monday, Monday afternoon, recapping the divisional games. Uh, last year, every single divisional game divisional round game came down to the final play so this division i love divisional round i think it's the the best mix with quantity of games and also the quality of the games yes. the best mix you know you're getting four really really good games two each day it's six you know six and a half hours to just sit on the couch and and watching watching some good pigskin but i uh, definitely check that out follow me on twitter at jake circus that's s-i-r-k-u-s it's a funky last name but spelled just how it or right there on the screen, pronounced, so you can pronounced it. just how it's how it looks. Definitely not how it sounds. Um, but yeah, it's Twitter, Jake Circus Podcast on Spotify. Check out the most recent episode. And yeah, we are hoping uh, hoping for a good day Sunday. Yeah, I uh, also if you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. Hit the alert and help us out with the thumbs up. It definitely helps us out with the analytics at YouTube. So it helps us on the suggestions. So please hit the thumbs up. Subscribe if you don't already subscribe. Hit that bell. Get the alerts. Um, yeah, typically this is the best weekend of football coming up. Historically, I I, I really think best it is. week. So um, the championship games sometimes aren't close. The Super Bowl sometimes isn't that competitive, but typically this weekend never disappoints. So I really think uh, I think we're going to we're there. And like I said, hey, we're doing a divisional round. We're down to the final eight. We're one of them. Let's get down to the final four and be doing a preview next week. So uh, we'll put up a recap right after the game, as we usually do. So please uh, look for that. I post all of the links on my Twitter feed, as well as the face, uh, LA Bengal fan Facebook page. And Jake is tagged in the uh, tweet. So if you go to Twitter, it'll be one of my pinned tweets, the current episode, and you can get to Jake's uh jake's twitter account from there so please do that and uh yeah this is it big game sunday we'll finally get to see bill's bengals and uh hopefully we're doing a show next week with that i'm gonna say who day everybody take care <laughs>